0: Hey,
1: hey, Val, has it been twenty
2: five seconds?
1: I was like per- oh, perfect. sweet. Yeah, uh, if
2: you don't if you don't know, the, the wonderful music that you heard to open the show, I can't hear. And uh, our technical producer Val, whose lovely voice you just heard, she uh, helps me guesstimate when the song is gonna end and <laughs> I, apparently we nailed it this week. I don't know. you tell me. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Val. Thanks everybody for being here. Um, this is I love Improv with Trent Dozier a twitch show and podcast about how much i trent dozier love improv um this week we have a great guest lined up for you who i'm very excited to get to do some improv with and honestly maybe even more excited for the post improv chat because i know this guy is a huge improv nut just like me Uh, but we'll talk about him in a second First of all, uh, I already introduced her. Please, everybody in the chat, if you're here, give some love to our technical support, our technical producer, Val Agnew. What's up, Val? Oh, hey. Hope the love is flowing in for you right now. It is well-deserved. Val makes this show look as good as it does. She makes it run well. Val is... I'll say it. She's a genius. Um... And, and I'm glad she has helped me uh, build this platform, given me this platform. Um, we are a part of the Trident Network. You are watching on twitch.tv slash the Trident Network or listening to the podcast version, which is, of course, a member of the Trident Network. Um, for more information about the Trident Network, please visit the thetridentnetwork.com. We can talk about that more at the end of the show. Uh, enough uh, dilly-dallying. Let's get into some improv, shall we? Please uh, welcome to the screen right now my guest for this week. Someone who I love to watch perform. I used to get to see perform all the time in Chicago. Um, Like I said, he's an absolute improv nut. And for me personally, for the last year of my improv career, before the pandemic happened, he was one of my improv coaches on my world-famous, world-renowned 2-prov team, Ten and Peller, known for our midnight improv show, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Rorty!
0: Hey Matt. Hey Trent. Hey, thanks for having me. Hello Twitch. Hello Twitch! What's up
2: Twitch? Twitch, give Matt some some love in the chat right now. Let him know uh, if you think he's a stinky little goofball or a smelly little goofball. Either way, we know he's got some stank on him. Um, okay, Matt, before we get into a little bit of a discussion up top here, before we do some improv, I will say that, um, fans of the show know that for our improv, uh, scene that you and I are about to do, we're going to need a suggestion, but I don't just want a simple suggestion of, you know, a boot or whatever, I would like something Highly specific, a scene that you want to see me and Matt play. So instead of a suggestion of a boot, something like um, Matt is a taller brother than Trent, who is the shorter brother, um, and they are fighting over a pair of shoes. You know, something like that. Something better than that, I guess. Or something worse than that. It's improv. It, the suggestion is just the uh, the uh, the confines for what we break through. Yeah, Matt's nodding. He gets it. He knows what I'm saying. Um, Matt. I just uh we start the show with me telling you my guest what i love about you as an improviser and (laughs) ideal i think um for me when it comes to you and maybe our conversation here will help inform the type of scene that the uh the prov heads in the chat want to hear or want to see or or hear and see i guess both both are technically true um you have a very similar sensibility about you that I do. I feel like when I'm doing improv, that's one of the reasons that we Cam and I so badly wanted you to coach us and we're very happy when you reciprocated. You you're you're in it for the love of the game. And that's what I'm here for and we just love improv. We love doing it, but we are equally
0: as happy to go watch
2: a show. Uh-oh.
0: We've Uh-oh. Lost Trent. Uh-oh, I'm still here. Well, I think what Trent was trying to say was uh, he was really lost. I would say him and Cam both uh, before I first entered their lives. Uh, coaching is one way to put it. Honestly, I felt more like a father. Like I was raising, raising two boys. Uh, and that's, you know, tough. Like I, I think that I've had some good father figures in my life, and nothing really prepares you for being a dad. You know, they say that you can't have – Uh, a kid and be ready for it, right? If you plan too much, you're just never going to feel comfortable having the kid. You have one, and then nature finds its way, right?
1: You're so right. Uh Uh-oh, we just lost him. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Okay, we're back. Oh,
2: my gosh. Sorry, everybody, about those technical (laughs) difficulties. I, I honestly have no idea what happened. Everything that is happening on my laptop is still functioning except for Zoom, which is what Matt and I are talking on, and Val. And uh, all I heard was I froze <laughs> to you guys. And then I heard Matt start talking about how Cam and I suck or whatever and we're desperate <laughs> to have him write the ship, which is not far from the truth. So um, I feel like... I, oh, go ahead, Val.
1: Oh, I was just going to say Matt was running the show. He, he took it and stride. You know,
2: that's the thing I love about Matt is... Uh, he's he's capable of of filling anybody's shoes in any situation and uh he did so there valiantly all all i was leading up to to saying was i love to watch matt play and i respect him uh, incredibly as a performer um i he he cares and listens and you know is very active in scenes and knowing what's going on but he is equally uh capable of just descending into madness immediately and like anarchy in in the best possible way uh of course um (laughs) matt i know you already said a lot how are you feel about all that
0: yeah uh man, that's such a charitable way to read how I'm navigating the stage at any given moment, <laughs> like I'm in control. Another another equally plausible and some may say correct interpretation is that I'm totally out of control yeah. at any given moment. <laughs> and... That's. I think that's interesting that
2: you say that because I also feel like uh, people will look at me and say, like, oh, you had you knew you really knew what you were doing up there when a lot of times for me. And I think you would probably say the same thing now that we're in the middle of this discussion. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I guess I was just kind of reacting and doing what felt cool in the moment. Right. Okay. Well, with that being said, uh, (laughs) if we could get, if we could get a suggestion of a scene that you would like to see Matt and I perform, that would be much appreciated. Um, There's approximately a 25 second delay between what i'm saying and what the audience is hearing so uh we'll give everybody you know about a minute or so to get the suggestion and and also you know who knows maybe i'm frozen again maybe i'm not who knows what's going on i just don't understand why zoom was the only thing that failed and everything else is still running smoothly on my computer um but you know that's technology. That's why Val's here because I don't know. I don't know what's going on any in any other capacity.
1: <laughs> no, you just got you know you got a little prank played on you by Zoom. That's all.
2: <sighs> Honestly, not that bad of a prank. Then I, Zoom. I've heard of worse Zoom uh, quote unquote pranks. Could have oh, gone yeah. a lot worse for us.
1: For sure, and that's why we have the BRB scene.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, Val's <laughs> prepared for everything.
1: Uh, also, folks, uh, this is meant to be a threat. If you don't come up with something, I have oh, to. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and no one wants that. So please, please, for the love of all that is holy, give them a suggestion. Yeah.
2: Well, if not, Val, you're going to get a highly curated scene, uh, which is what <laughs> you love, right?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yes.
2: Okay. Looks like it's coming from Val. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, you, okay, Matt is uh, an avid G.I. Joe collector. Um, and he is missing one G.I. Joe from his collection. And you are the, Trent is the 10th shopkeep that he has uh, gone to to try and find this very rare G-I-G. great
2: thank
0: you val got it thanks val it's y- yep 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 go ahead
2: it's open it's open just go ahead and push
0: are you open yeah. are you
2: are you open we're open just push the door come on in just push and come on in we're open i'm pulling i'm <laughs> pulling you're not going <laughs> to i'm pulling are you closed push, push. are you closed push, push. it's 4:30 push.
0: are you closed
2: we're open until 9 p.m. just push it open sir
0: all right, I'm going to try pushing. ding a ling Welcome. God, I'm a... Hey, hello. Um, I called ahead. I don't know if you recognize my voice. I'm Jackson. Yes, hey. How's it going? Hey. Good, 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 good. Uh, so... We got him in stock or what? Okay, I got some good news and I got
2: some bad news. Uh, I know you said over the phone that you're looking for a specific uh, piece, but... um, That's right. uh, I don't know if I can provide that for you at this time. I can put in an order. Uh, The G.I. Joes come down from Massachusetts. That's where they are uh, manufactured. Um, So we could... Mm, could, uh, It it would only take about a day or two, and I know the whole area is kind of swamped um
0: Ah, uh, no yeah that's no good okay i have that's no good i got go ahead yeah i'm gonna need i'm gonna need it today i'm gonna need it and i don't mean to put you in a bind Mm -hmm. i don't i was afraid to even bring this Mm -hmm. up because it's like it's like it feels like i'm putting you on and i don't want you to feel like you've got all this pressure on you but like i i promised i promised an icu kid that like i'd show him this full collection and oh, no. and maybe that's and that might be on me right and that might be on no me it making is a promise that i might not be able to keep but no that's on you but i figure so don't take it too hard. i'm not don't take it too hard i'm
2: not i i would love to help you problem solve though now that i know the full extent of the situation i feel like maybe if you if you give me a minute i could call them back and see if they could get that down express get it down here by tonight is there wow
0: i don't even or just like if you got something in the back like i like is you got like good stuff in the back that you're like hiding Uh,
2: i'm not hiding anything that would necessarily be able to just kind of slide into the gi joe set i have some other cool stuff but nothing that would necessarily fill the fill the void like i have a bunch of samurai swords but i don't think those necessarily act as a part of the 10 piece set that you're looking to to fill
0: no not at all not at all i mean the thing is like again i'm not trying to make it make you feel like you got to perform miracles for me but like this kid's got me over you know he's got me back over ass or whatever he's like you know because it's like i'm the one who hits him right and so like what? suddenly he's like well you got to come through and i went and i went to the hospital with him. so what you know i went i went to the hospital with him so like you know, I'm already putting in more, I'm already putting in more work than I think that you got. I, like, so, like, when I tell this kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can get you something, you know. Did you hit? Like, so all I'm saying is, like, if you've got something in the back this that is you can give me. This is or,
2: not a, this is not a child who, I, I misunderstood the situation. I thought he was a sick child. This is a child you've, you've struck with
0: your car or, or some type of motor vehicle. And he, yeah, I was on a Vespa. I was on a Vespa, and <laughs> and and I had, and he jumped out. So oh, part of that's... me is like, you can't blame the kid. You can't blame the kid. Let me ask you right? this. Let me ask you this.
2: Let me ask you yeah. this. Did, was this a Vespa you owned, or was this one of those new freaking bird Vespas that are popping up around the city everywhere? I hate that. I hate these bird Vespas. They already have littered our streets with these scooters and these bird razors. And yeah, I think Bird's a trash company. So
0: what's, what's going on? On one hand, I should, I should be thanking you for getting such unfiltered feedback. You can run a million focus groups and never hear something that honest from a potential customer. Uh, my name is, in fact, Jackson Bird. Get out. Uh,
2: Get out of here. You're and, ru- I, I so got, you listen to me. You're ruining our city right now. You're ruining this town, this city, it, dare I say the state. The state's gone down in the last couple of years, and I think it's because all these birds are around.
0: Oh, I'm ruining the city. Yeah. I'm sorry. That wasn't ever that wasn't that wasn't the that wasn't London breed. That wasn't that wasn't anyone else. Jacking, jacking up prices. That's me trying to come in with a solution, trying to come in with a solution how hard it is to get around here. And now and now look what you've got. I've literally it's laid harder. them at your feet. I've literally laid them at your it's feet. It's harder to get around here now.
2: It's harder to get around here and the city is dirtier because of these bird things everywhere.
0: City is dirtier. City is dirtier than if there's a million cars on the street. Do you hear yourself that I don't need to get in a fight. I don't need to get in a fight. I wanted your feedback. I said I should be thankful this kid's not getting any healthier. He needs to see this collection.
2: All right. My you know so what? Like,
0: you know what? Give me
2: the kid's number because my brother is a lawyer and I'm going to get him on the phone, and I'm going to have him help the kid or his parents if he meets an untimely demise before we can kick things off here, and they're going to sue you and get all your bird money, buddy. Also, the vanity. No. The vanity to just put your name
0: all over everything. Well, it's distinct. I thought I thought it was like almost like a blessing. I want people to be able to get around quick, quick, tweet, tweet, and now they've got away and i think the fact the fact that my name lends itself to it come on you're mad at disney you go in and you see pocahontas and you go boo when the big disney castle shows up you say what's this guy can't spell a d no we we deal with that carnegie stanford any of that stanford you got a big problem with Stanford? You, that guy bought the—that school already existed. He didn't even make it. Listen, buddy. Hey, all I'm saying is I'm not going to give you a number so you can help this kid sue me, all right? I'm done with lawsuits, you, all right? I just wrapped my last one up. I think— I think— All right, I don't need to go back in court.
2: I think I think everything I needed to know about you, you've, you've just told me. I was correct. You are vain as hell to think that you are the Disney of scooters— bird is not lime buddy you're not these you are you are misrepresenting
0: you are misrepresenting what i said i didn't say i said disney named his company after himself yeah but you said how vain it was yeah and that's vain i don't look i need this gi joe all right this kid because this kid he said that he's already got lawyers all right. And so the fact you bring in your brother, that's just one more lawyer I already got to deal with. And I got to say, I know there's got to be there's got to be 200 judges in this city. And I always get Judge Craig and Judge Craig. He's seen my ass in court so many times. I know he's going to rule against me no matter what the merits. So I, I'm going to be walking around. Honestly, this isn't the first kid who's tried to jump out in front of my Vespa. These kids know these kids know that this is fucking free check. All right, for them, if they jump in front of Jackson Bird's Vespa, whoo, they got it.
2: I hope you get Judge Craig, and I hope he throws the book at you, and I hope you have to pay a large sum of money to put a little dent into your bird fortune, and maybe, just maybe, that will help starting getting the city back on track, because you, sir, have ruined it, and I don't have a G.I. Joe for you. If you want to buy something else in the store, by all means, we can browse. But I, have, I think I have pr- pretty clearly stated that the specific G.I. Joe you're looking for to finish out your set of 10 does not exist in this store presently. If you give me some time, I can reach out to the G.I. Joe manufacturers in Massachusetts. I can see if we can get it down here for you. Maybe, maybe you and I can work out a little deal.
0: I just feel like it should not be so fucking hard to get a G.I. Joe doll. I don't know what to tell you. Like I have every other care, I have every other character in the show, and there's not a single toy store in town that has a GI Joe, GI Joe doll. Yeah, the generic GI Joes
2: are less because they're not as popular as the specific GI Joes. So the generic GI Joe was made in less quantity, so there are less of them. Also, I will say, due to the recent rise in patriotism across the states. The G.I. Joes are just flying off the shelves, and they're not being manufactured at a quick enough rate, so the turnover, you know, it's just, like, all out of whack.
0: Hey, I'm going to take a guess, because you just said a rise in patriotism across the states. You wouldn't also happen to be MAGA, would you? Excuse me? Excuse me? You said a recent—I'm sorry, I thought maybe that was—you were using patriot language. You said a rise in patriotism across the states— I just thought maybe I had found another another MAGA guy. I don't know. I thought maybe we'd have. I feel like I've come in here and I'm just shooting myself in the foot over and over. And I was just hoping maybe there's something we could bond on. And so when you said a rise in patriotism across the states, I thought, here's another MAGA guy. Here's another guy that I can really, you know, I can really bond with. But I guess I'm I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm just shooting. I'm just shooting. I keep regrowing dicks and just shooting them off. <laughs> I've got a full revolver. I'm doing, I'm doing the reverse deer hunter. There's one chamber that's empty, and the rest is just pow, pow, pow. And I'm just hoping I get the blank chamber one fucking time.
2: Listen, buddy, never, never in a million years did th- did I suspect that a a god fearing, flag loving, red blooded Christian American man would be the one behind the bird scooters. <laughs> Yet if you're MAGA. I know these things to be true because I'm right there with you. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. My brother's a lawyer
0: and he's a good lawyer. He can help you. Is he, is he one of the Kraken dossier guys? No,
2: no. (laughs) He actually, he works for the new hockey expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. Oh,
0: Love that. Love that. Yeah, he actually fought you know for that name,
2: and he won, Ooh. obviously.
0: I <laughs> God, it's like, you know what? You go to Seattle, it's like you're in the belly of the beast, and it's just good to see someone else who loves the Lord and loves their country. I'm, I feel like such a freaking jackass. Yes. I feel like such no, a freaking no, jackass. No, I
2: feel like a jackass. Maybe I'm looking at the bird scooter situation <sighs> all wrong, you know?
0: No, no, you're not. I'm just I'm just trying to make a buck like anyone else. And I thought, you know, if I get a bunch of motorized scooters, Vespas, whatever going around, people will ride it. Yeah. People will ride it. But like if people don't want it, if people don't want it, then it's like I, I could do something else. But like, I'm not good. What can I do? Last name like bird. I've got limited options. Twitter already exists. So I can't do <laughs> yeah.
2: that. Yeah, I love memes. You love memes.
0: Oh, do I love meme meme magic, baby? Meme magic. Are you? Do you make memes? Oh, Maybe yeah. I've seen some of your memes. Oh
2: yeah, I love to make memes here. Let me pull one up. Me pull
0: yeah, one you pull one up. Leo, pull up a meme. I swear to God, I, if you're someone I follow on Twitter, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. <laughs>
2: yeah, my. <laughs> My Twitter handle you might you might recognize it's uh maga geocache 69420.
0: No, what no fucking <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> no way. That's me. I'm stop the steal now 112. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you do the uh, you do the memes
2: about the uh, about the scooters mostly, which now I'm starting to make the connection. Yeah, about.
0: no, it's probably a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> and all your anti-meme, all your anti-scooter memes they're coming, they're coming into Ford, yeah, too. Yeah, most but,
2: of my memes
0: are based around how scooters are ruining America. But. And I got to tell you, I thought you're not – all your sources are good, but your conclusion is flawed. they don't run on Androchron. They don't – we don't use any kid – we don't use any kid uh, Kid blood hormone yeah, no. in our scooters. No, That's not, not – there's other reasons Ooh. not to like bird scooters, but I can tell you that uh, – Pizzagate's not one of them, you know? <laughs> All right, that's time. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: That freaking Just the thought of these two guys out there on Twitter.
1: It's a meet Yeah, kit. it was. It
2: was. It was a meet we, we didn't think it was, but that's what it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Well, that, that was... That was great. I am now, even after the scene, I'm now even happier that my Zoom decided to start cooperating again. (laughs) Otherwise, we would have missed out on that improvisational comedy
0: gold. (laughs) Oh, my God. What it's good is it recalls the powerful satire of early 60s Second City.
2: (laughs) Uh, there There was a moment where I thought you were going to make just me mega guy and then once you reveal oh, no. once you revealed that you were the mega guy i was i was really contemplating like should i go after him or should i join him and it's just a way this specifically but i think in general it's always a more playful choice to have these two people who are arguing with each other basically and then find the common ground and then embrace that common ground and it you know it's a little wonky that the common ground for these two guys was was MAGA but uh I I just think that's that's always a better choice than being like I'll double down on this and keep arguing
0: and just argue in circles for 12 minutes which is what we were doing we were on track to do that that was in my head I'm like oh man we walked in here because at first my thought was like hey we can find something later on if I'm just you know digging myself deeper in a hole, that's all right. But then it did just turn into, like, now we're angry at each mm-hmm. other. And that's just tough. If we're both comedy geniuses, which we are, <laughs> you know, we can keep that going for a scene or whatever. Uh, but my thought was, like, man, I just got to find any reason to bond with this guy. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> and what reason greater... Sorry, I appreciate you taking the bait. Yeah, what reason greater than love of God and country?
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: <sighs> Oh, I'm still like,
1: I was, I was, go ahead, Val. I felt guilty at first because I gave you a transaction scene to start, which, you know, can be challenging, but you guys, you went on a whole, a whole journey. Like I, I found the bickering entertaining. I thought it was like very, like, it probably would have gotten old if you'd done it the whole scene, but I think that like, you kind of went on this arc like, where you, you know, you obviously didn't know each other at first, and then you were like really mad at each other, and then you were like best pals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just felt like such a like walk around in such a short period of time. It's very, it it's very
2: funny that indirectly we did know each other, in fact.
0: We just didn't know. Right. We just didn't know it. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man, I love transaction scenes. I understand as a teaching note, I feel like uh, the reason that you ask students to avoid it is because uh, it becomes so tempting Mm -hmm. to stick to the transaction Mm -hmm. that you forget to have a scene, right? That you feel like – because that's a game that you can play in a scene is I am buying something. And then you can accomplish that almost immediately. So I love transaction scenes because they basically eliminate all the ambiguity that you spend the first few lines normally uh dissipating and then I can be like, Great, now I can just do anything but accomplish the transaction yeah.
2: and it's fine. <laughs> I, I you you beat me to it, Matt. I was gonna say a very similar thing, which was along the lines of like when I like when I was in class at I.O. When we were learning the Herald, like level three uh was scene work and then the next level was the Herald and people already were, you know, concerned about like trying to master the form and like instead of all this Mm -hmm. all these other things and i think the uh the quote-unquote rules of improv you know don't do a transaction don't be in an argument don't like disagree with each other like all those type of basic things that you're teaching people when they are originally learning to do improv is great at that point but once you have you know enough years of experience like those are all fun things to play with the thing in that level three class that really stuck with me, Joran Garguilo was my teacher. And he said, Mm -hmm. he said specifically about the Herald, but I think this is applicable to all of improv is he said, you, you learn the form so that you can break the form properly, which I think is Mm -hmm. so true. You learn the rules of improv so that you can break the rules of improv and like, you know, Mm -hmm. let your freak flag fly, so to speak. And just, you know, have fun but you know you have an under once you have an understanding of the rules it allows you to to walk that line and do stuff that you're quote unquote not supposed to do
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i wonder if people wouldn't react so negatively to the idea of rules and improv if we didn't call them rules (laughs) because you think back of like well you think back of like where they're created and it's literally like when people were first starting to improvise and you had like there's what the Westminster kitchen rules, you know, St. Louis compass players. And it's like they literally were just it was uh, five people who hadn't really done any improv. (laughs) Like later on, they got Nichols and May and then Darden went down. But like at first it was a bunch of people and they're like, well, you have to put on this show. And they were just obsessed with like figuring out why did some scenes work and why did other ones not? And they said, hey, we've got such a greater success rate if we build action together if we yes and if we do whatever uh it's like can you do a scene without meeting any number of rules sure but i think that the idea of the rules are like what are ways to help ensure consistency in an art form defined by spontaneity and inconsistency yeah i think of the i think of the herald is the same way like people get mad at the herald it's like the herald One, the Herald with the committee is not anywhere near what the Herald was in the early 80s or much less what the Herald is now. It's like the Herald was just like, what's something that we can all go into every night planning on doing so that our shows don't suck ass? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's just a way (laughs) to get everybody on the same page faster as opposed to just Mm -hmm. all showing up and being like, so so what are we doing tonight? It's the same. I mean, honestly, it's the same conceit as this podcast where it's like, okay. Matt, we're going to do a two person scene and it's going to be very specifically laid out for us. And we have the jumping off point, but from there, you know, now we can scramble around and do whatever we want and, you know, make changes and edits and all that stuff. I think I mentioned this last week, but it's just like it's so much easier to to be able to just kind of jump right into it and just like know what our structure is like that, as opposed to being like, okay, the suggestion was GI Joe. And now we're like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a guy I'm a in the dirt. And Matt is like, Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be two actual GI Joes. And you know, then we're, you know, fighting with each other for the first two minutes about what the scene actually is.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in that case, you just got to give up. Like you just got to (laughs) be like, if anything, if you're, you were like, Oh, I would hate that we were made to GI Joe's. I would be like, thank God you said something clear (laughs) right from the beginning. (laughs) Like, I think, uh, yeah, I'm very, the improv that I love the most is more naturalistic. And it's like people building context in a way that feels organic, uh, But there's something to be said for someone just coming out and like sledgehammering in a conceit right at the beginning. And then we can go wherever. But it's like it's good for us. And it's also great for the audience. An audience hates nothing more Mm -hmm. than to not know what's going on.
2: Yes, totally. I also think it's interesting in the discussion. And Val, you've been doing a bunch of comedy sports short form stuff recently. So feel free to chime in on this. I love short form. I got my start doing short form and I feel like people who are like long form till I die type of improvisers. A lot of times their argument is like, I don't want to follow the rules of this, of these certain games in short form. But I think it's literally the same thing where you learn the rules of these games so you can break out and, you know, do these. Val's pointing That's at exactly. me. <laughs> break out and do all.
1: Yep, I'm agreeing fervently. You know,
2: it's all. <laughs> I think everything yeah. in life is like that. Go ahead, Val. Uh,
1: yeah, I totally agree. My, my coach, uh, one of my coaches at Comedy Sports, uh, two things. One is he always says exactly that. Learn the rules so that you mm-hmm. can break them. And then he also calls the rules cheat codes oh, rather yeah. than rules. Oh, yeah which I think is great because that's really what it is. It's like, how do you, what's the easiest way to get from point A to point B. And then once you don't need that anymore, you can just do it however you want to do it, but you know, it's there if you need it. Um, And I think that really makes a lot of sense. I also uh, at IO had Matt Higby, who often compared improv to Mm. soccer, which I think Mm. being a soccer player uh, myself really resonated because In soccer, there aren't really plays. You can't really, like, plan what you're going to do when you get on the field. Really, all you can know are the rules of the game and the people you're playing with. And that's pretty much it. And that's exactly what improv is. like you get to be creative on the field and you get to be creative with the people you're on the field with. So I think that it's sort of a combination of those two things. You have to know the guidelines because otherwise what are you doing? Right. But like Mm -hmm. beyond that, it's kind of like, yeah, they're the rules are literally meant to be broken. And if you break them well, it's all that much more entertaining.
2: I think that's the same with like rehearsal for improv specifically. You don't go to rehearsal so that you can, hone your form and practice your form and make it perfect I think that's part of it like helping the form be better is part of rehearsal but the biggest part of rehearsal is building the rapport amongst you and your teammates so that way like just like in soccer like if Val gives me a nod and I've played with her enough I know she's gonna fucking pass to me she wants me to run and go and kick you know really good really good soccer (laughs) analogy
1: you insert
2: soccer analogy there (laughs) but you know it's the same in improv like if 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 Matt taps me on the back and I haven't played with him a lot, I'm going to be like, Oh, now Matt's in this scene and we're all talking. And what's this guy doing? When in reality, he was probably trying to tag me out or something, you know, and gets a new thing going and building off of that idea. I think rehearsals are rehearsals and rules are both necessary, but they're not the end all be all of specifically improv, but most things in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, With a lot of rehearsals when you're talking about like oh people go into rehearsal and be like we've got to fine tune our form Mm -hmm. and in my experience that's the exact opposite approach (laughs) that you should be taking where it's like if you're picking out a form and then trying to fine tune that you're trying to squeeze yourself into the form Mm -hmm. the form should be serving you like it's easy to say like oh you know learn the form so you can break it or whatever but it's really like the form is there to help make it easier for you Val, I think you're exactly right. I I love to think of uh, so much of improv as trying to get you out of your head by presenting you with the easiest possible choice. And the reason that so many people struggle with improv is because everyone's constantly in their heads. So if you've got a form that limits your choices, if you've got a set of rules that you can follow, uh, especially early on, that help keep you in the moment, keep you spontaneous, you know, then that's what they're there for. So. A lot of times the form makes everyone feel trapped. They're thinking too much. But in your rehearsal process, you should be figuring out how you already play and then try to come up with tools that help unleash that as much as possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. It, it's all, I think Val said it earlier maybe, or when it, maybe Matt, one of the two of you said it. It's all, it's all mm-hmm. guidelines. And once we just have these, you know, guidelines there, it's just in case... In case everything gets, you know, haywire, and we're like, okay, well, let's just push the train back on the tracks a little bit now, and it's just a way to help get everybody on the same page.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, oh, I think constraints
1: constraints are really helpful too for creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's one of the things I like a lot about short form is that you have so many constraints that you don't have to worry about so many Mm -hmm. of the things then you can just be crazy within those constraints Mm -hmm. i think that's really helpful like nothing makes me more frustrated than a montage during an audition because you don't know anybody that you're playing with Mm -hmm. you don't have any structure (laughs) it's literally the exact opposite
2: yeah improv auditions are wild (laughs) wildly wildly (laughs) unproductive for the most part i would say
1: yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go no trent
2: no, I think that's great. I I would just like to get on my soapbox and say that uh improv auditions are stupid. And I think I think <laughs> I agreed. think building teams are, you know, IO had a had a building of 30 teams or whatever that all did the exact same form, you know, su- supposedly. But it's just like mm-hmm. I I really liked what Matt said was if the form is not serving you then don't do that form. That's why I prefer in chicago i preferred the the cic style of like you have your team now your team will figure out what your form is as opposed to like either way it's essentially a group of strangers but at io they're like here's your strangers now do the thing that everybody here does and you have to do it also and cic was more of like here's your group of strangers now figure out how you all gel together and then that's how that's how those forms, you know, came to be. And the I think the, the beautiful part of improv is like no audience member is ever going to leave a show and be like, wow, they were okay comedically, but they really nailed the Herald and all the beats were, the execution of the <laughs> beats were perfect and yada, yada, yada. Like people aren't going to remember that type of thing. That's not what they're going to carry away from the show. They're going to carry away the, you know. I think specifically my Herald team at IO when it closed was slice. And we did a show where I don't even know what the opening was, but we all 10 of us piled on top of each other on a table in the front row. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that served the show in any way, but it got all of us pumped and we were all then happy to be there and be playing with each other and like ride that, ride that wave of momentum. And like, I'm sure an audience member left and was like, I don't know what they were doing, but they were all on the table together. And that was wild. (laughs) You know, whether, whether mm-hmm. it's good or bad, that audience member is going to remember us being on that table.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you just said it served the show because it got you all pumped and excited to be with each yeah. other. Whether that made for engaging theater, I guess, is a different question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, which is. I think a lot of people, uh, when you learn improv, you very much learn it from an internal standpoint of like, well, we've got to do what's right for each other as teammates. Mm -hmm. And I think that generally that's the right approach, but in a kind of macro sense, you have to be putting on something that people want to watch. Yes. Uh, And I think organic openings, I mean, yeah. When you talk about like IO forcing everyone to do something and everyone kind of resenting it. Like, I think that, Organic openings can serve a really compelling and artistic purpose right at the top of the show and can establish a tone. I think that a lot of teams that get formed by committee don't want to perform like that. And then they are forced to anyway, yeah. uh, when they might be better served to have an opening that's character monologues or word association, mm-hmm. right. Or anything yeah. else.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It's all about, that's why any time a, a rehearsal would get canceled. I still I -hmm. still would enjoy being like, well, you know, there's six of us. Do we want to, like, go get dinner or grab a beer or whatever and just all hang out? Because then you're still it's all about building that rapport with each other and building that building those relationships amongst the team as a full unit. But then also your relationships individually with each team member.
1: Mm Hmm. 100 percent. I think an organic opening is only going to work if you trust each other.
2: Yeah, I also think in terms of putting out a product that the audience wants to watch, which Matt was talking about, um, it is always more enjoyable to watch people who are having fun with each other than to watch people who are um, not having fun with each other. So, you know, if you're watching that specific slice opening where we're all clearly having a great time you as an audience member don't know what's going on, but hopefully you're also having a good time. Whereas like, you know, I've seen so many uninspired Herald openings from teams that I know the people are friends with each other. You know what I mean? And it's just like, we're here on a, you know, whatever Wednesday at eight and we got to open for this show and let's just run through our thing. And then we'll come in and we'll get all of our stuff in individually. And then, you know, do whatever group BS we got to do. But It's just, like, I don't know. I, as an audience member, love to watch people have fun more than I love to watch people not have fun. Probably not a crazy take, but...
1: (laughs) No, I think that when you, like, based on watching this matt your instinct the whole scene was to make yourself a worse and worse human being during Mm -hmm. the entire scene that was your game that you gave yourself and i think that when people find games either for themselves or for each other that is what is fun to watch and i think that like sort of bringing it back to what we were just talking about like team chemistry and stuff like i think that once you know each other you can play those games so much more easily and find them so much more easily and that's what people like to to see and watch um So you definitely found, obviously, it's very clear you know each other well and can play well with each other. But even before you found the game together, you gave yourself a game, Matt, which I thought was great.
2: Thank you. Good job, Matt. Very nice. A plus plus work. (laughs) Well, as we wrap up, (laughs) or as we get prepared to wrap up, uh, Matt, do you have any final thoughts about the scene? Any uh, regrets or things that you wish would have happened or... Anything along those lines?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we already talked a little bit. Uh, again, it's not like uh, the arguing was unproductive, I, but I think that we could both feel that it probably overstayed its mm-hmm. welcome by about an actual mm-hmm. minute you know, of totally. time or so. So it's like, uh, to comment, probably I should not have made it. I can be upset personally in the situation, and I can be desperate but to not take that out on you. Right. Cause I need you in that scene to be on my side. Yeah. So that's probably, uh, you know, if we could go back one, we would lose all the spontaneity and it would be a shit scene. But if we could go back, you know, and try that round two, that would be my thought, right. Is to try to keep it. Uh, we don't have to be friends in the scene, uh, but we can't basically both have our characters pushing each other out of the scene at the same time.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
1: You would have lost all these amazing quotes. Yeah. An ICU kid back over ass, and I'm the one who hits him. <sighs>
2: oh, man. The choice, that,
1: the choice that you were driving a Vespa, and I just keep growing dicks and shooting them <laughs> off.
2: When, when you said, and I'm the one that hits him, my initial thought was like, he beat up some kid and put him in the hospital. But then as we were we were still talking and I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, he probably he hit him with, like, a car or whatever. That makes way more sense. <laughs> Will Matt make himself a MAGA lover in a scene? Yes. Will he make himself a child abuser? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've done all sorts of stuff in scenes. Okay. I think that's just – well, that's the top of your – well, that's playing to the top of your intelligence is, like – can you represent something? And it's not even that you have to like get on a soapbox and be like, this character's bad, right? But if you can play the character with a kind of, even if they're terrible, play them with an honest integrity uh, with an eye towards what the audience can handle and then just push slightly Mm -hmm. on it. You know, I've played pedophile priests in scenes. I've played, you know, stuff that like, basically if you want to turn it jokey, everyone's going to tune out instantly and it's like just play basically play it smartly you know i think you can truly play anything you want on stage as long as you do it smartly which is kind of a tautology i guess uh because it's basically saying you can do anything if you do it good
2: (laughs) well i think i think we kind (laughs) of talked with noah about this two weeks ago when he was on which is like you can play to the top of your intelligence and still be an idiot you know what I mean, and yeah. like you can, you Matt, the performer, can know what's happening, but you can also act like as as that character. You know, you don't know what's happening, or you can you know walk these lines as a performer and all those things. As long as you, the person, are playing to the top of your intelligence, which I think, yeah. which I think I mean, you do.
0: Yeah, and not. A, I'm a little bit wary about bringing over any kind of. Um, overused phrase like status play or low status or high mm-hmm. status but like in simple terms like one way to play if i was a child abuser in that scene if you're like you beat up this child i just i was already making myself lower and lower status almost immediately but it's like you just keep doing yeah. that
2: yeah you know? it's a fine line to walk <laughs> and we walked right up to it today
0: yeah. Between genius and greatness. <laughs> both sides equally good. <laughs> Impossible to fail. Once you line yourself up on that plank.
2: Yeah. So basically, the question is was Matt a genius or was Matt just great? Was he one or the other? Well, I think that will wrap it up for this episode of I Love Improv with Trent Dozier. Matt. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to play with you. I feel like I personally didn't get to do it enough in Chicago, so I'm glad that we got this time together. And I, you know, I was crying at the end of that scene, so I had fun.
0: <laughs> and I did too. Thanks so much, Trent. Thank you, Val. Yes,
2: and huge thanks. Thank huge you. thanks to Val, as always. Um, sorry to everybody for my technical difficulties uh, at the beginning, <laughs> really kind of fudged up the top of the show. But the middle and the back of the show firing on all cylinders. Um, before we get out of here, Val, if you would like to tell people how they can subscribe to the Twitch, um, I, would, I would personally yes. love that if you would do it.
1: <laughs> yes. So uh, if you subscribe to our channel, which is the purple button below us, um, you will give us uh, some cold hard cash That will help us to uh, keep doing what we're doing, putting on shows like this and all of our podcasts and all of our video teams. And uh, you can actually subscribe at no cost to yourself by using an Amazon Prime account if you have one. So I've just put in a link in the chat that will show you, give you step by step instructions of how to do that. So you can give us money and support our work and all these great humans These adult humans, as Nia has said in the chat. Um, (laughs) uh, For nothing, no cost to you. So please do that. Um, It really helps us a lot. Uh, Also, I'm going to take this moment to tell you that we have another show right after this one. Uh, that is a fundraiser show, one-time only show um, for a web series on, that is coming out next month um, on the, on our YouTube called Dicks. So if you're not doing anything, stay tuned and watch. And there's going to be a live reading and a Q and A. Okay, throw it back. Thanks, to Val.
2: And yes, uh, they're not dicks like mean people or dicks like wieners. They are dicks like <laughs> private investigators. Um, That's right. <laughs> it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Val. The first ever Trident web series.
1: The first ever Trident web series and the first ever Trident That's very one-user. exciting. So we're just doing yeah. a lot of firsts. Yeah, yeah so great. stick
2: around for that. Um, you can donate. I think I think personally it's to a great cause. That'll get started at approximately 15 past the top of the hour. So maybe go take a potty break, grab a snack, and then come back. Just leave your Twitch stream on. Um, and, uh, you know, visit the network.com. For more information on live shows like this, other Twitch shows, uh, more information on web series like dicks or, um, some, uh, filmed sketches or the vast array of, um, try to network podcasts, which, uh, you know, this is a part of, I love improv and you're, if you're listening to the podcast version, uh, exciting. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe and follow us there. Um, that's it. That's our time. Maddie, once again, thank you for joining. Always a blast to see you. Always a, be- a blast to play with you. Um, yeah, subscribe to the channel across all mediums. TheTritonNetwork.com. We love it. We love Val. We love Matt. And I love improv.
0: And we love Moses Moody falling down to pick 14 to the Golden State Warriors. Is that real? That's right, baby. Oh. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga both going to Trent Zone. <laughs> Golden State games. Yeah, we love it.
1: What a turn.
0: What an ending.
1: <laughs> Bye, folks.
2: <laughs> Thanks for listening to I Love Improv with Trent Dozier. Please like, subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and follow to the Trident Network on Twitch. I Love Improv with Trent Dozier is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about the Trident Network's videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit the thetridentnetwork.com. You can also support the podcast by donating to the Trident Network's Patreon patreon.com slash The Trident Network. The I Love Improv live stream features technical support from Val Agnew. The theme music was composed by Nia D'Amelio, and the podcast was edited by me. We return Thursday, August 12th, live on twitch.tv slash The Trident Network at 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern.